We're in the Lenten season now, and we're considering the events that led up to the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. Our text today, we jump ahead to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19 for our text today. Luke chapter 19. My father had a great love for nature, but it was really more than that. I think it was a gift from God, especially when it came to birds. He seemed to have a special connection to anything with wings. I had seen him several times come home from work, reach in his pocket and pull out a sawweed owl. And he would see one out in the swamp and walk up to it, pick it off the branch and bring it home. Sometimes we would go walking through the swamp and off in the distance a duck would fly out of water and fly away. And to me it looked like a little black dot flying through the sky. But he would say, oh, there goes a pintail or there goes a widgeon. And I asked him once how he could see what kind of duck it was from so far away. And he replied, I can tell by the way they fly. Who knew that different ducks had different ways that they flapped their wings? But he did. From much observation, he became familiar with the flight of each duck. There are many times we went walking through the woods in the summertime, and he'd hear a bird singing. I'd be looking up in the trees trying to see what bird it was. And uh, uh, I, I could hear the singing but couldn't see the bird. And without looking up, he'd say, that's a red-eyed vireo, or that's a Baltimore Oriole. He knew the songbirds by the songs they sang. We have a song in our hymn book that says this, This is my Father's world, and to my listening ears all nature sings, and round me rings the music of the spheres. For my father, that was really true. He heard the music that was all around him. He seemed to see and do what other people could not. I remember one winter, he told me, I've got a Carolina wren living in my basement. (laughs) Now, most people have never even seen a Carolina wren, but he had one living in his basement. I don't know how that happened, but I believed that. (laughs) And I've seen him many times holding a hummingbird feeder in one hand and holding his finger out with a hummingbird sitting on his finger as he fed them right out of his own hand, something you don't see every day. And he seemed to be one with the birds, very tuned in to their ways. But I remember one day that was very sad to me. He'd grown old, and he was sitting in his chair at home, And it was summertime, and all the windows were open, and I was there with him. And I heard a bird singing just outside the window. And I asked him, what bird is that singing out there? And he sat up, and he listened, and he said, what bird? And I realized he had lost his hearing. He couldn't hear high pitches anymore. That was kind of a sad day when he couldn't hear the music anymore. In our text today, Jesus talks to some people who just can't hear the music. 
Now, as we prepare for this Lenten season, we moved ahead to the last week of Jesus' life before he was crucified. Last week, we saw the Pharisees and the scribes, who were the religious leaders, had totally rejected the message of both John the Baptist and Jesus and stood in opposition of the whole message that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. Now, in our text, we come to what we call Palm Sunday. Saturday, the day before that, was a day of rest, a Sabbath for everyone. But Sunday would have been the first day of their week. And travelers from all over were coming into Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover holiday. Jesus had probably spent the Sabbath day with Mary and Martha in Bethany, two miles from Jerusalem, got up to go take the two-mile walk into Jerusalem. But he sent Peter and John ahead with instructions to bring him back a colt so he could ride into Jerusalem. With the instructions, you'll find the colt tied at a fork in the road. So they go ahead, they find the colt at the fork in the road, and they unloose it and bring it to Jesus. So let's take it up on Luke chapter 19, verse number 35. And they brought him, that's the colt, to Jesus. And they cast their garments upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Jesus, seated on the colt, has now become the center of attraction, and he slowly rides towards the city gates. And people begin to shout out loud and praise God. They had seen Jesus heal the sick, raise the dead, feed the multitudes, and work many miracles. And they throw their coats in the road as he comes riding by for Jesus to ride over sort of what we would call rolling out the red carpet. And they wave palm branches in the air, and they begin to organize their loud chants until they all cry together, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, glory in the highest, and peace in heaven. Now, this is a fascinating thing and a very unique thing. For the first time ever, Jesus accepts their loud praises and he rides among them as they honor him out loud. He had never done that before. He always walked wherever he went and he always avoided the limelight at all costs. But now on this Palm Sunday, he rides like a king and fully accepts their praises. And soon the crowd organizes and in one united voice, they shout their chants of praise. 
So I ask you a question. Why? Why does he allow himself to be the center of attention on this day? Why is he acting like a conquering hero? Is it pride? No, no, certainly not that. 400 years before the prophet wrote of this very event, and he said this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, upon a colt, the foal of an ass. You notice what the prophet said. It's not pride. He comes meek and lowly. The reason given by the prophet is that he's coming, bringing salvation. Jesus is riding into Jerusalem to complete his mission. His mission is to bring salvation. Now what that means is that he will die. He will die for our sins. But never forget, my friends, he didn't come to Jerusalem to wrestle with flesh and blood. He comes on a much greater mission. He comes to wrestle with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. He comes to destroy, the Bible says, principalities and powers and make a show of it openly, triumphing over them in his cross. He comes to break the power of canceled sin. He comes to set the prisoners free. He comes to crush the power of Satan. He comes to destroy the chilling power of death and take it by the throat and toss it aside. He comes with a power of resurrection that will say, where's thy victory? Boasting grave. And that, my friends, is what he's coming to do in Jerusalem. So he accepts their praises because he has come to conquer and to destroy and to triumph and to bring freedom to the whole human race. But the crowd around him doesn't realize what he has come to accomplish. It tells us in our text their praises are based on the past. His miracles that he has done in the past. But he accepts their praises because of the future and what he will do. Oh yes, he's coming as a conquering hero. No doubt. But not everyone is happy. Verse 39. Some of the Pharisees from the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if they should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Here they come again. The Pharisees. Who don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. 
And so they push through the crowds and they come to Jesus and they say, you got to stop these people. They're way too excited. You have to quell their enthusiasm. You have to subdue this crowd. After all, you don't deserve that kind of praise. What a bunch these Pharisees are. Wet blankets. Real downers. My friends, the Bible explains what happened when Jesus entered into another set of gates. And Psalm 24 tells us what happened at the gates of heaven where Jesus was about to enter those gates. And as Jesus approached the gates of heaven, you hear the cry, Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. And the angel who guards over the ramparts of heaven answers back, Who is the King of glory? And the answer comes back, He is the Lord, strong and mighty. He is the Lord, mighty in battle. So open the gates. And once again, the guardian angel calls out, Who? Who is the King of glory? And the answer comes, He's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord strong and mighty. He is the Lord mighty in battle. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. So open the gates. That's what happened when Jesus entered the gates of heaven. Now as He's coming to the gates of Jerusalem, The Pharisees say, too much praise, too much honor. Tell them to stop. Tell them to be quiet. My friends, we're all going to be shocked when we get to heaven. When we see the worship of the saints and the angels when we hear the music, holy, 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 the whole earth is full of His glory and glory and honor and praise and thanks to the Lamb who was and is and is to come. And when we hear this music and we hear their voices raised in glorious singing, only then will we realize just how feeble our praises have been. And just how uninspired was our worship down here on the earth. And now these Pharisees come to Jesus demanding that he tone it down and make the crowd stop their noise. But oh, oh, what an answer Jesus gives, like he always does. He says, if they were to keep quiet, the stones would immediately cry out. Don't you love it when Jesus puts these self-righteous Pharisees in their place? (laughs) Jesus is the Lord of heaven. He's the King of glory. And they praise Him there with anthems and songs of praise. 
And in the realm that you and I call nature or creation, Jesus also reigns supreme. Not men. Jesus reigns supreme. The wind and the waves obey Him. The sun and the moon move at His command. And all the stars obey. The winds have a mighty voice. And don't you remember, you've sung it over and over again. Don't you remember, joy to the world the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare room. And what? Heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods and what? Rocks and hills and plains. Repeat the sounding joy. Jesus told those Pharisees, if humans refuse to praise, if humans refuse to worship, the stones in the wall would cry out to praise the king. I'll bet you didn't think stones had a voice, did you? I wonder, can you hear the music? Do you know the songs? The Pharisees were deaf. They couldn't hear the song. And when they say to Jesus, make the people stop, it shows just how little they actually understand. How blind they were and deaf to the music. And when they couldn't hear the music, Jesus is sad. Verse 41. And when he was come near, he beheld the city, and he wept over it, saying, If thou hast known even thou at least in this day the things which belong to thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee, compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side. They shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee. They shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knowest not the day of thy visitation. There's a spot in the road. And... As you travel east towards Jerusalem, you come over the Mount of Olives. and Jerusalem is out of sight behind the Mount of Olives. But then you reach over the crest and you come to a little spot there in the road, the peak on the Mount of Olives. And at that spot, suddenly, the whole city of Jerusalem comes into view. And Jesus arrives at that spot, suddenly looks over the city of Jerusalem, and as the people are singing his praises, he weeps, oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem. This was your day. This was to be your moment in time. I have come to visit and to invite you to believe that you couldn't hear the music and you refused me. And all that's left for you is judgment. They're going to tear your city down. They're going to burn it with fire. And your children will lie dead in the streets. Not one stone will remain in place. Oh, if you had only heard the music, if you had only believed, 
This is your moment to believe. He was sad and he wept because they refused to hear the music. That day, Jesus entered into the city. He went into the temple. He walked around. He didn't like what he saw. So he came back the next day on Monday, verse 45. He went into the temple, began to cast out them that sold therein and them that bought saying unto them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer. You have made it a den of thieves. He taught daily in the temple, but the chief priests and scribes and the chief of the people sought to destroy him and could not find that they might do for all the people were very attentive to hear him. So once again, as he had done years before, he tosses over the money changers' tables drives out the sellers of merchandise in the marketplace that the chief priests used to extort money from the common people. Jesus tells them, this is my father's house. And you are supposed to pray here and you made it a den of thieves. Once again, The religious leaders take offense at Jesus. Chapter 20, verse 1. It came to pass on one of those days as he taught the people of the temple and preached the gospel, chief priests and the scribes came upon him with the elders and spake unto him, saying, Tell us by what authority thou dost these things, or who is he that gave thee this authority? They came to Jesus. Who gave you the right to toss everybody out? Where do you get the authority to do what you're doing here today? He already told them. He already answered that question. He said, this is my father's house. And that's what gives him the right, and that's what gives him the authority. But they refused to believe that Jesus was Messiah and the Son of God. Therefore, when he says it was his father's house... They know it's not because you're not his son. And they say, we're in charge. And which one of us gave you authority to do this? Verses 3 and 4. And he answered and said unto them, I will also ask you one thing and answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? Here we go. <laughs> right back to John the Baptist. John's message, Jesus asked, was it from heaven? Or did it just come from a man? Verse 5. They reasoned within themselves, saying, if we shall say from heaven, he'll say, why then believed ye him not? But if we say of men, all the people will stone us, for they be persuaded that John was a prophet. And they answered and they say they could not tell whence it was. And Jesus said unto them, Neither tell I you but what authority I do these things. Is it from heaven? Well, if we say it's from heaven, he's got us. Because he'll say, Why didn't you believe? But if we say John the Baptist was just a man, 
the people are going to stone us because they believe John the Baptist and they also believe in this Jesus. Gotcha. <laughs> He's got him. Perfect. So they answer, we all know. Jesus said, so I'm not going to tell you where my authority comes from. He'd already done it, but they failed to understand. And so, stones that cry out and say, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is creator. And then Pharisees and priests and scribes who refuse to listen and cannot hear. And so it was, as the Bible explains it, the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So the conflict is now set in motion. The religious leaders are desperately trying to find a way to destroy Jesus. To get rid of him. To kill him. Their problem? The people love Jesus. And what those religious leaders find so irritating is Jesus comes into the temple and preaches and the people flock to hear him. He's the favorite voice in the whole temple. And they hate that. My friends, have you heard his voice? Do you hear the music? Only people who believe can really hear. People who believe know the songs. They can sing his praise. He speaks to you this morning. Can you hear or are you deaf like the Pharisees? I pray you'll hear the call and come to him. And he is certainly sad for people who will not hear. But I pray you'll know the songs, hear the music, praise his name. After all, even stones can do that. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you did that day. It was a glorious day that broke your heart. We know you're sad because they would not believe. They couldn't hear what was supposed to be Jesus lifted up and made to be the great one that he is. And so Help us that we might have a higher voice and a better ear and we may hear more clearly and understand who you are. And as we come into this season of Lent, help us to be tied to who you are. And we know that will make us what we ought to be as we tie ourselves to you. Draw us close, we ask, during this season. Lift up our voices in praise as we sing to you. Bless us, Lord, as we do that in Jesus' name. Amen. I can turn your hymn books to hymn number 392. And you're going to say, there goes Eric again singing Christmas song. You know, uh, Isaac Watts wrote this song not to be a Christmas song. He wrote this song to talk about what we just did. And so it's useful at Christmas, but it's more useful today.
392, standing together, joy to the world. today and help us, help us to learn to sing as all of nature will sing, help us to praise you and to have a right thought about God in our heart and about you. May we accept you in our hearts as the Messiah, may we know you are the one that has the power over death and hell, that you have come to the gates of heaven and they have let you in, the Lord Almighty. You are there, and you are king and ruler over all. We just pray that our hearts would have that right in our heart. And we pray that we would not turn away, as the Pharisees did, but that we would, like the people, shout out for you. We ask, Lord, that our hearts would be full of praise and worship throughout this coming week. Teach us to draw near to you, we pray. Protect us all. Be with us. Bring us back safely to this place, we pray in your name. 